Welcome to the third ESNA podcast on higher education and science policy. Today's topic is a concept called Science 2.0, which we will be discussing here in Berlin with Professor Philip Mirowski, historian and philosopher of economic thought at the University of Notre Dame in the United States. Thank you for joining us, Professor Mirowski. You have focused your research on the concept of so-called science 2.0 and have developed a radical critique of it. First of all, how do you define science 2.0? In a general way, science 2.0 is this belief that <clears throat> the Internet is a technological force that is inexorably going to transform all the ways that we develop knowledge. Okay, so uh, secondly, science is one of the ways that we develop knowledge. But moreover, uh, people who are advocates of science 2.0 also think that um, there's something wrong with the university and conventional ways of organizing science right now that somehow needs to be fixed, and that's the way they talk. Um, and then uh, finally, when they talk about fixing science, they always talk about openness. Openness is the political solution for basically everything. Social media websites and online services have become an integral part of the work of scientists all over the world. How is this changing the way science and research is done? There are a number of different business startups and special web platforms that exist to change certain parts of science and how the scientists interact. And it can range from anything like um, uh, ResearchGate, to something like academia.edu. And in fact, strangely enough, Facebook enters into this too. I mean, some scientists end up using Facebook. Twitter would be another aspect. But really, um, if I were to summarize very briefly what all this is about, is that each of these individual startups is an attempt to unravel different functions in the research process and to kind of separate them out and maybe possibly uh, make it, uh, at least in some cases, possible for outsiders to participate. The process is being broken up into its parts, and who performs those parts is being both outsourced or distributed uh, across many different people. And you know, so one thing that happens, I didn't talk about this in there, is that what authorship is, becomes very confused. Actual scientists is sort of treated as somebody who's casual labor, who if the research project is not working out, they should be pulled off that project and put onto another project immediately. And this makes this much more possible than it would be if they were running the project along all its aspects itself. So it really changes the way in which uh, research programs are organized. So how does neoliberalism come into this? One of the most important beliefs that have developed in the neoliberal program is the belief that the market is not an allocator of scarce goods so much as it is an information processor, that the market knows more than any human being could know or ever possibly would ever know. And the reason, you see, this becomes important for science because they believe the ultimate validator of the quality of knowledge is the market, not any human being. So if other sciences previously had worked with, let's say, certain specialists deciding through peer review that you know, this is good science, that that's bad science, they would never accept that. They, what they want is they want lots of science to be validated by 
it's, it's uptake by the market or the market ignoring it. Neoliberalism believes that the market will always give us the truth. And um, there's no argument for that. See, that's where the faith starts, is that the market will always validate the truth. But in fact, we have lots of examples from history where all the market does is it creates confusion and noise instead. And if that's the best they can do, <laughs> is to say that markets are the solution to the problem of validation of knowledge, then they don't have any answers. Thank you, Professor Morawski, for talking to us. My name is Tino Brümme, and we will be back soon with another podcast on higher education and science policy from ESNA Media.